the most difficult and challenging period in Sri Lanka's history will begin tomorrow. Will the 2,329-year-old Sinhala Buddhist civilization in this country come to an end? Dr. Sudath Gunasakara, Mahanuwara December 7, 2022 My answer is no. Only the chapter on Rajapaksha family in the Mahavamsa will be closed. It will be followed by a very uncertain and really turbulent period that might be followed by a period of prosperity, happiness and peace for all if the present system of government is replaced with a homemade model of development that make the maximum use of its bountiful physical, human and cultural resources under a strong, patriotic, visionary and benevolent Sinhala Buddhist leader who considers the subjects as his own children as it was done by our ancient kings, following the footsteps of Dharmasoka the Great. With the announcements that Gota will go on Wednesday and Ranil will also follow. Most people will think the problem is solved, as though the nation's curse, the Gota and Ranil alliance as some people think, is hopefully likely to end this week. But in my opinion, it is not so. I strongly feel this is only the beginning of a worse period in the political history of this country. True enough we did have a period of partial anarchy. Over the past few years starting from around August 2015 with incremental effect as the months pass by. But the real troublesome era which I would describe as full anarchy has dawned only now. You mark 13 th of July 2022 as the starting date of this anarchic period in this country. In fact, it has already started on the 9 th with the invasion and occupation of the President House, the Presidential Secretariat and the Temple Trees, the official residence of the Prime Minister of this country by the JVP mob. Now all these places are occupied by a riotous anti-government mob installing the rule of mobocracy in place of democracy we had even though it was also not perfect. Now the rioters are in occupation of these public buildings doing enormous damages to public property, restoration of which will cost billions of public funds for any government to restore them to their previous status. Let us not waste our time by trying to speculate whether it was an American coup, of the Maharaja's jockstrap protest at Gaul Face, a rerun of Ukraine's Maiden Square false flag operation on February 2014, Lonkaweb July 9, 2022, as Jonathan Manns has said or a coup organized jointly by a collective group of NGO, civil societies the church and other anti-Sinhala anti-Buddhist elements with foreign funds. Majority who flocked into Colombo on that day from outskirts are mostly who are disgruntled and hungry masses of this country sans any dirty politics. The inflow of large crowds of farmers from all over the country to Colombo was the culmination of long-term plan by the JVP orchestrated under the able leadership of Namal Karunaratna, making use of the shortage of agricultural inputs such as chemical fertilizer, pesticides and insecticides. But those who remain inside these buildings forcibly and illegally occupying them are the real culprits of the game and they are the hardcore JVP and Parachigami Carters led by the ISF, the curse which has ruined university education in this country for a long time, due to the failure of the universities to arrest this disaster in time in spite of our warning for years that one day will ruin our entire education system in the country. This movement in the universities with a strong inter-university network had been ideologically nurtured by the JVP from the beginning with a long-term plan of a major uprising. Hardcore JVP leaders like Anura Kumara, Kumar Gunaratnam and Lalkantha are the chief dynamos behind this movement. These assertions are evident as one listened to the statement made by Kumar Gunaratnam where he said strugglers are the law and as such they have to be there in any future government. Even Tilvan Shiva expressed the same views. I call upon the authorities in charge of education in this country to take immediate and stern steps at least now, to save the posterity and university education in this country with broad reforms in the sector ensuring all facilities for students to pursue their studies. It was announced this morning that there will be a meeting of the strugglers with the speaker this afternoon. It further said 29 strugglers are going to attend this meeting.
This number made me to wonder whether they have a suggestion to demand the Speaker to nominate these 29 by the respective political parties via their national lists to replace those who are there in Parliament as national list members, so that they will also have a representation in the present Parliament even if the Speaker agrees. To my understanding one cannot do that without the consensus of all party leaders. Moreover, it is unconstitutional and goes against the election law. If you say that then they might ask, as to how Gatabhaya brought Raniel and Damika Pereira to Parliament. So, this will create another impasse in cabinet forming even if both Goda and Ranil resign as stated. The mob might use the same tactics to get the consent of the party leaders for inclusion of their members in the national list as well. As well. One has to remember that this struggle is a long-term plan on which they have been meticulously working, having learned from the failures of 1971 and 1989. At the same time even in the resignation of Goda still there is a big gap between the cup and the lip as politicians could never be trusted since both have not yet tendered their resignations, although millions of people who flocked into Colombo on the 9th of July have already apparently chased them out of the presidential house, presidential secretariat at the Gaul face. And also from the temple trees, the official residence of the prime minister. The mob occupy these buildings until Gatabhaya and Ranil hand over their joint resignations. But none of them has resigned as yet. As the say goes a smiling cat can never be trusted similarly a politician too can never be trusted. Now although Gota has agreed to resign on the 13th no one can believe that, until the papers are handed over. Why not now? And why 13th? I opine he has secret plan to leave the country, either leaving the resignation paper to be collected by the PM or having reached his safe destination to make some arrangement to come back with fortification, armed with strong military backing. This may be what he meant when he said he has the support of a powerful external source and therefore has no overt concerns about his future as given below. We must not forget that he is also a shroud man when it comes to personal interests, although he does not have the same acumen when it comes to matters of other people. In my experience he is a man who always put his self-interest first. Raniel on the other hand must be waiting Gota to hand over papers to him first, so that he can be the president at least for one day, before the parliament elect a new president within one month, as stipulated in the constitution. In any case he will also have to go from Parliament as his appointment to Parliament from the so-called National List was also illegal as his. Name was not there in the UNP National List submitted to the Election Commissioner in 2020. However, still there is some grey area even with regard to Gota's resignation as there is some speculation as he is reported to have said his confidants that he has the support of a powerful external source and therefore has no overt concerns about his future by saying so we do not know what he is up his sleeves. Whether it is American or Indian intervention no one can predict. If that is so I warn him not to dream of such disastrous dreams. Because if he resorts to such silly and disastrous means, the Aragalaya activists might even resort to extra-legal action. As a person who has voted him, canvassed heavily and written long letters to media on his behalf, as the whole nation trusted him as a true nationalist leader, I will never forgive him for the humiliation he did to me on the 13th of February 2022 at my village, Mimer, in front of my own people by ignoring me by not giving five minutes to receive him on behalf of my village and its people. But I feel sorry for him for the way he has been dethroned. Had he walked the talk he made at the Ruan Wellasiya on the 18th of November 2019, he would have ended up as a legend in this country and never has ended up disastrously like this, carrying the curse of a whole nation on his shoulders, for betraying the aspiration of 6.9 meters voters. Bad advice from his chief advisor Lalit and his fortune tellers at Anuradhapura and even Thirupathi in India, lack of PR on his part, reluctance to listen to others, his obvious arrogance and above all his ignorance on the art of governance and statecraft and public administration were the main reasons for his downfall. In my own view the crown was too heavy for him. 
The way he set about as the president right at the beginning shows he had no clue of the role he was expected to play as the president of this country. His failure to take suitable action to manage foreign debt which was reported to be about 54 billion US dollars by end of 2019, to increase domestic production in both agricultural and industrial sectors on the one hand and control state expenditure by cutting down waste and extravagance like the provincial councils and manage the economy have proved that he was misfit in that position. Had he taken timely action in these areas, at least the speed of deterioration could have been mitigated. Finally, a word for him who is going to succeed Gota as the president of these turbulent times of the history of this nation. The post of president is not a bed of roses. More so particularly at this time. You are faced with a big challenge in handling a Herculean task of rescuing a nation made bankrupt by politicians like you, for 74 years since the so-called independence in 1948. It is high time to think of an entirely a novel, creative and a homegrown political mechanism that is radically different and free from the stale post-colonial dependency trap, that will first, rescue the country from the present abyss of the current political and economic mess by taking steps immediately to provide the people with the basic essentials such as staple food items, domestic gas and fuel to restore normalcy in the day-to-day life of people and second, lead the nation to an economically prosperous and vibrant status, firstly, achieving self-sufficiency in agriculture, livestock products and fishing and boosting traditional export industries like tea, coconut, rubber, spices and gems. In the process it is also imperative to restore law and order and not allow unlawful elements to interfere with governance. AA a starting point I would suggest the new regime make a full assessment of all damages done to state and private property, on the 9th by the mob and thereafter punish those responsible. If the new government fails to restore democracy by consolidating law and order and address the burning grievances of the people in time by simultaneously bringing all undesirable elements under control and mobilizing all avenues of economic development both at home and abroad. It is indeed a super Herculean task which only a modern Hercules can handle. But remember the most difficult and challenging period in Sri Lanka's history will begin tomorrow. Good luck to the new president and the prime minister and the suffering masses of Mother Lanka. (music) 